Hello, it's Gabby here for you. Before we jump onto this week's podcast, I just want to let you know about two ways that you can work with me. First of all, I do one-to-one coaching and I do that via Zoom so we can jump on a Zoom call at a time to suit you. The second thing I've got for you is an online coaching course that's 12 modules that you can download straight away now. There will be a link somewhere around these podcast notes. And this is the course that I've designed and it's got everything in it that I wish I'd have known when I finished cancer treatment and I was lost. So you can download that course now and you can start working towards making this your happiest and healthiest year ever. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think. Take care. Bye-bye. Hello there, it's Gabby here for you from Confidence After Cancer and I hope this finds you well. This week I'm going to be talking about a subject that comes up time and time again for people that I know and people that I'm working with and it's something that's come up for me in the past as well and that is the subject of getting a good night's sleep. Something that so many of us struggle with and I'm going to talk about maybe some of the possible causes for that. I'm going to give you lots of tips that work for me and work for people that I know. And as always, there's no direction from me about what you must do. I'm going to invite you to consider some of these things. Some of them may work for you, some may not. But I'm here to help you with whatever your circumstances are. And you know that. And please reach out to me if you've got a particular worry that I can help you with. So first of all, one of the biggest reasons why people struggle with sleeping is stress and anxiety. And, you know, again, there may may be many reasons why you're feeling stressed or many reasons why you're feeling anxious. But the most important thing to think about is there is always something that you can do about that. And if we're stressed or anxious, you know, I've talked about this before, you know, fight or flight or freeze. That's okay in a short term. If you've got an urgent problem, something that's come into your life and you're dealing with it and you're going to move through it and move on. That's part of life, isn't it? We all have ups and downs. But when stress or anxiety are prolonged and it almost becomes like the way that you're living, it almost becomes your way of life. That is when you need to take a step back and think this cannot go on. You need some help. Now, if it's a medical problem, you need to speak to your doctor. If it's a lifestyle problem or something you're going through in life, a coach may help you. And if you think that a coach could help you, please reach out to me because I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to see what I can do to help you. I've got a lot of experience of dealing with a lot of stress and anxiety and a lot of worries in people's lives. And generally, there's an answer to some of these things that we can work through together. And I'd love to help you with that. But think about it. If your sleeplessness is caused by stress and anxiety, what can you do about that? OK, so let's think about that. The second thing that's coming more and more apparent to me as well and people that I work with is sleeplessness or struggles with sleep can be because of your lifestyle. Now, again, I'm not here to tell you off. You know, I personally spend a lot of time sat at my computer. I've worked in finance for many years, again, in an office, sat down or I'm driving to work and then sitting down all day. That's not how we were designed to live. We were designed to move, to exercise, to get our bodies moving. And, you know, I'm I'm talking now in getting into winter. It's cold mornings. I haven't been getting out as much as I want to. But I do know that sometimes the way you start your day really affects the way you end your day. So think about that in the morning. When you get up in the morning, what do you do? What's your routine like? 
And I've been working a lot with a lovely lady called Louise Fletcher, who is working on a journal for starting your morning in a beautiful, wonderful way. And I'm hoping she's going to be a podcast guest in a couple of weeks. We'll talk about that. But you can think about your own morning routine. What does that look like? You know, ideally, you should be getting some exercise. And I know myself, if I wake up and I spend my first hour scrolling through social media or answering emails, I'm not as effective that day as if I make the effort to get up and get out, get dressed and look at the sky and look at the sky. The first thing I look at before I look at a screen or before I tend to any work issues, look at the sky, get outside and get moving. Really, really sets me up for the day. Now, you don't have to do vigorous exercise, although you may feel better if you do. But even just going for a brisk walk for 5, 10, 15 minutes can really set you up for the day. And I know if I've made the effort to do that and got myself organised and got myself out there, I do sleep better that night. I really do. So that's something that is worth trying. Okay. I'm going to give you a few top tips now, things I've maybe mentioned before in the past, but it it, it is worth repeating some of this stuff. So I, as you may know, I've studied nutritional healing and that was just such a wonderful thing for me to do, a real eye-opener for me and made me think about a lot of the the lifestyle choices that I was making, not just about food, but the way I was living my life. And so the premise of nutritional healing is if you give your body the right nourishment and the right conditions, your body can heal itself. And so if you think about when you cut your finger, you know, you might have cut your finger on a knife and it bleeds for a little while, but then your body's so clever, it sends all the right healing and all the right cells to that cut to make a, a, a scar, to make a scar and to make it heal itself. You don't always have to intervene when something goes wrong in your body. What you sometimes have to do is get out of your own way. And so sleep is a natural thing to help you restore and replenish your energy. It's so, so important. I hear some people being quite proud of the fact that they have very little sleep. And I think that's okay. If that works for you and everything in your life is going okay, then great. But if if it's not working okay, you know, if you do have some illness or you do have some disease or you do have some things in your life that are not working well, for me, I know if I'm not sleeping enough, it impacts on other things in my life. It, I can become muddled in my thinking. I can become distracted very easily. I find it hard to focus. And I know if I've got good quality sleep, that everything else just flows a lot better. And one of the things I'd, I'd invite you to think about, I know for me, this has really worked for me, is I now have a very much clutter-free bedroom. Okay, my bedroom is one of the one place in my house that I am quite on top of all of the time. Not on top of my house all of the time. I'm not massively house proud, you know. And we, me and my husband, live busy lives. But for my bedroom, it's really, really important. It is always clutter free. It's always clean. It's always tidy. Things are put away at the end of the day. And that for me helps me to go into my bedroom at the end of the day. And it's a place I know I can relax. So I'd ask you to think about if you've got clutter, if you've got unfinished business, it can be some people work in their bedrooms and that's, you know, might be the way you have to live. But at the end of the day, what you should really do is make an effort to put your work things away, ideally out of sight. Ideally in your bedroom, you shouldn't have any electronics because, you know, the frequencies that the electronic things can give out can disrupt your sleep. You know, there's a lot of studies about blue light that comes out of phones. I don't have my phone in the bedroom at nighttime. I put my phone on charge overnight, but in another room, not in my bedroom. 
And I do everything that I can to make my bedroom a nice, calm, relaxing place. You know, I've got an oil diffuser where I put lovely, relaxing oils in. I like lavender. I like as well to have scented candles. Obviously, don't leave a candle unattended. We know that one. But it needs to be a nice, calm environment when you come into. The other thing I'd ask you to think about is your routine. So, Again, you know, life gets busy sometimes. We all have things that creep up on us. But if you can get into the routine of getting into bed at the same time every night, I found for me that really, really helps me. The other thing I think if you're struggling to sleep is to almost treat yourself like you would a small child. You know, if you had an agitated toddler, would you throw that child into bed and say, right, it's sleep time now, off you go? No, you wouldn't. You'd have a routine that starts with calming down, eating your evening meal not too late. I know if I eat my evening meal too late, I get in bed and my digestion is still working. I don't feel quite comfortable. So for me, I don't eat after 7pm. I also know that caffeine disrupts my sleep as well. So I try not to have tea or coffee after 5pm because that works for me. But whatever works for you, I do like a nice soothing drink at, at night time. I like chamomile tea or it might be peppermint tea, whatever, you know, what, what works for you. But a nice, soothing, warm drink really works for me. Some people like when they're in bed, again, as part of their routine, to think about um, gratitude. Some people I know have a gratitude journal where they physically write down everything that they're grateful for. Could be three things. Some people have a practice of writing down 10 things. Or it could be, you know, if you have got um, a religious faith, this is the time to say your prayers, to reflect on the day, what you are grateful for, what you'd like to give thanks for. It's just a lovely way to end the day. I try not to watch TV last thing at night before I go to bed. Everyone's different and it affects people in different ways. And I know for me, if I watch something that's quite challenging, should I say, you know, something about um, like a thriller or something about serial killer or something that really makes me think about it afterwards. When You know, sometimes you watch a program or a film and you're pondering it afterwards. That's no good for me just before I go to bed. I know that my husband is exactly the opposite of that. He can watch anything about and he loves a good serial killer, you know, series. And he can watch that and get in bed and go straight to sleep. It really doesn't bother him. It bothers me. And I know myself now that's something I should do. The other thing I'd ask you, I'm talking about the end of the day, but also thinking about getting ready for the next day. So it really helps me because I'm not particularly a morning person. It takes me a little while to come around in the morning. It really helps me if I've gone to bed and I know that my clothes for the following morning are laid out ready, particularly if I'm thinking about doing some exercise. My exercise gear is it's ready. I don't have to think about it. I'm not going looking for stuff. It's just there. It's ready to put on. Everything's good to go. And also, if I've got a busy day coming up ahead, I will think about writing myself a little note, a little post-it note that says, these are three things that I want to accomplish tomorrow. They're my top to-do lists, if you like. Not everything that I want to do, just really what it really help me to do if I could achieve these three things. So I've planned that before I go to bed and I can put it to one side and think, yeah, I know what I'm doing. So as always, I would say thank you so much for listening to me. This information that I'm giving to you, this advice that I'm giving to you is not a substitute for medical advice. If you have serious problems sleeping, you would need to speak to your doctor, get some medical advice. But again, if it is just general stress and anxiety or just life is just difficult, reach out to somebody, reach out to a good friend, 
reach out to a coach, reach out to me. If you want to get in touch with me, I'd love to hear from you. But for me, sleep is all about self-care. And I know I bang on about this a lot, but I find more and more people that I'm dealing with um, that are struggling in life. Part of the problem is we, we sometimes get out of the habit of looking after ourselves or putting ourselves first. And so self-care is something that I will keep coming back to. And next week's podcast is going to be all about self-care. Lots of little tips, tricks and things that you can try just to introduce a bit more routine of self-care into your life. It doesn't have to take over. If you're busy, sometimes you think, oh, I really haven't got time for that. But you need to sometimes reflect on busy doing what? Are you busy doing things that make you happy? Or is your life just absolutely crammed full of things that you have to, you feel you have to do? And if that's the case, sometimes it's good to just take a little bit of a step back and reflect on how are you living? Could you improve your self-care? Is there more things that you can be doing to look after yourself? Because my darling, you know, this is that used to be me before I got diagnosed with cancer. I was always busy, busy, busy. I was too busy to look after myself. And it wasn't until I got my diagnosis that I thought, right, this is serious now. This is literally a matter of life or death. I need to start taking care of myself. I need to prioritize my own self-care. And unfortunately, you know, it took me to get a very serious diagnosis with not not a good prognosis for me to really take that serious. And I'm hoping you're not in that situation. But whatever situation you are in, we could all do with a bit more self-care, a little bit more love for ourselves, even just starting to accept ourselves, forgive ourselves for the mistakes that we've made, because we've all made mistakes and that's fine. It's part of life. The important thing is to be kind, be kind to other people, be kind to yourself. So thank you so much for listening to my podcast. It really means a lot to me. If I can help you in any way, reach out to me. You know where I am. Get in touch with me. I'm at confidenceaftercancer.co.uk. Love to hear from you. Please have a wonderful week and I'll speak to you very soon. Thanks for listening. Remember, stay safe, stay sane. Bye bye.